The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah. What are you what are you doing off that way? Um I just uh I would be when you grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully a spaceman yeah. if I could. Um yeah, I work for the parks department here. So I work um with the wildlife unit which deals with like all the different uh animals in the city. Yeah. And uh all <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, they're they're a decent amount here, um, human and otherwise. What what's like the craziest story that you have? Like, or or what are the craziest? Um, I mean, uh, so I get a lot of uh, like three one one complaints, which is like the public will call or like email about like whatever's going on in their neighborhood uh, with wildlife, and I got one that was asking how to stop tigers from urinating on trees, um, which kind of you know, obviously that that flagged it as something that was uh, a bit strange. And when you, I looked into it more, a call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So what ended up happening was that guy uh, apparently lived somewhere in the Middle East or something and thought he was reaching out to someone at the zoo, <laughs> which is which is why he was asking that question. But uh, initially, I was just like, "What is going on?" So uh, were you aware of the uh, the uh, great? great crocodile-esque uh, capades uh, in Chicago this past summer? No, I, I wasn't. What's uh, what's so, the story so there? Basically, there was some sort of alligator or crocodile. I think it was an alligator that was loose in one of the local parks. Um, and they just had like a week-long saga of trying to get this alligator out of the pond um, and find the alligator for for an entire week, and they like called in one specialist guy, and he couldn't figure it out, and he was just like, "Oh man, I'll have to send you the video of the of the guy." Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's an amazing story. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's actually part of my job is like finding press stories of like crazy wildlife uh, to share with like the rest of the the guys in the unit, and uh, yeah, I mean we've definitely had crazy stuff like that happen. Like we had a coyote in Central Park. And people were like freaking out and they like sent him like the SWAT team and there was like helicopters like flying over the uh, the park trying to find this thing and like dart it. It was pretty nuts. 
Here, it's they called it Chance the Snapper. I'm gonna send it to. I'm gonna send you the uh, <laughs> New York Times article right now, so you have that. Yeah, for yeah, your thanks. reading pleasure later. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so um, wait. How do you pronounce your last name? Metzlar. 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 It rhymes with uh, the mnemonic I give is it rhymes with pretzel jar. Pretzel jar. Metzlar. Okay. Metzlar. Pretzel jar. Great. Great. Um, <laughs> And so, so I'm definitely 100% keeping that story in uh, <laughs> just so that we, we can keep going here. Um, and I'm going to try not to use my swear so I don't have to edit myself out. And then this can go out like whenever. So um, Jim Metzelar, uh rhymes with pretzel jar uh, uh-huh. is, is on the, on the farm podcast. Uh, he, he uh, wrestles alligators um, and then sends right. articles about it. Uh, and he also hosts another podcast, right? Isn't it? Do you host on the corner or? Yeah, I host uh, on the barrel actually. On the barrel. But I'm very excited to be on the this one because this actually completes my uh, pictureless podcast bingo. I've officially appeared now on every podcast. Uh, I believe my check is in the mail, hopefully from Nick. Yes. For the accomplishment. Yeah. Um, it's a very very big <laughs> check, and and it's coming. And it but oh shoot shoot. See, I did it. Uh, you moved. Uh, you moved. So maybe it's at the other. It's at the old address. Yes, that might be what it is. Yes. But I'm I'm holding my breath for it. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, you had the pleasure of writing up the angels, and you had a a pretty fun write up. I think, in my opinion, I think that the the you could have written up the royals and been a lot sadder. <laughs> so, um, and I've I've gone through the slog of some of the bad teams like the Tigers, um, mm-hmm. and this is not that. So I'm very excited to finally talk about a team that's mostly interesting. Um, so so let's start with this. Uh, Mike Trout seems like a good player. Now mm-hmm. I'm still learning baseball. Um, so I'm not a hundred percent sure, but he seems fine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, in what way is he overrated? Well, I mean, for a guy who's like jacked up on HGH, yes. I mean, you could probably expect a little allegedly, bit more. From allegedly, allegedly, okay? we are <laughs> we are innocent till proven guilty podcast. Yes, I should be defending the Angels um, tooth and nail based on the fact that I covered them for this series, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Trout fan. I personally, I think that he should be going number one overall this year. I am kind of curious where you stand on that because I feel like this is really the first year where like Trout not at number one is actually a serious – there's a serious case that you could make for that. You know, in years past, people toyed with the idea of, of Altuve over Trout, and it's kind of like – yeah, that's that's kind of like those people who say that they hate the Beatles. Like you're still you're just trying to be a little too edgy, right? Um, whereas this year, I think you could actually probably make a case for Yelich or Acuna. So I kind of wonder where where you stand on uh, on well, that. And especially in a dynasty fo- format, there's a, definitely a, a case to be made for uh, Acuna. Maybe Yelich, not so much. I'm not fully buying into Yelich being above him in Dynasty format. Maybe you want to make the argument for Juan Soto, depending on where, what kind of format you're in. Um, mm. But Acuna is probably your guy um, if you're going to make an argument. But, I mean, Trout's 1B to Acuna's 1A. Like, you really can't go wrong with either one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be really interested to see, especially from a stolen base perspective, because I feel like that's where. So if I'm going to ding Trout, it's going to be on the stolen base perspective of like, will he continue to steal bags or is he going to bust his thumb up again and miss 
30 games yeah. or whatever. Um, and well, then from Acuna's perspective, I feel like there's enough swing and miss there to really kind of make people not like overwhelmingly concerned, but give you enough pause to say, do I want to take him over Trout? You know? Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned Yelich not being in the, in the conversation for the top two, because I kind of feel like Trout and Yelich are at least guys that you can kind of depend on for at least like a baseline 300 average. Whereas like, you know, like you were saying, I kind of feel like the question, there is still kind of a question mark with Acuna on, on where the average is going to fall just because of all those strikeouts. Um, and the thing that I like about Trout and the, and the reason why I kind of am, am hoping that the speed does come back at some point is just because, you know, last year he's he obviously had that, that neuroma in his foot, um, which I think probably dinged him a little bit in terms of speed. Um, and he also was uh, struggling with some hip issues throughout the year. So that's kind of an area where I, I feel like in general in fantasy, like it's really useful to have a sense of um, a guy's injury history throughout the year. And, and usually you, you kind of miss out on that if you don't necessarily own him because you're not following him in the day to day. But, um, you know, I think a lot of the speed setback that Trout had last year was kind of tied to those injuries. And I, I wonder, I really kind of think he can get back to like 20 um, if he manages to stay on the field this year. So, yeah, so, I think so he's still my number thing, one. Though, right? That's the key qualifiers. Can he manage to stay on the field? And right, mm. like he is not when he's on the field, he is the best baseball player. He's he's one of one, in my opinion, at this point in time. But like mm. and yes, he's had 600 plate appearances the last two seasons, but he has missed time the last three seasons. Right. Three. Yeah. Three seasons. Uh, yep. So yeah, he had the the thumb issue. I think two years back uh, last year, I forget what his problem was. It was something with the lower body, right? And then uh, yeah, last season was obviously the hip and the and the foot, right? And so it's the durability question now, right? And you yeah. actually wrote that in your in your write up. Um, if there's one weakness in Trout's game, it may be durability. He's now missed at least mm-hmm. twenty games in three straight seasons. Um, so he is one of one in in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but Miguel Cabrera was one of one in the history of the game, and now he is who he is. Not to say that Mike Trout's going to be uh, Miguel Cabrera, so please do not message me saying that. Like I, I'm just not, I'm not saying that. I'm just. Saying I think from it a is dynasty perspective. I would I would entertain the idea of taking Ronald Acuna over Mike Trout. Yeah, and and full disclosure, I don't play in a ton of dynasty leagues, so I think your uh, voice is obviously a lot more uh, knowledgeable in that area. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, I mean, Trout's just twenty eight, which is is kind of crazy when you think about how long he's been around and how long he's been really good. But um, yeah, I mean, sometimes you you just kind of do feel the pull of like that new hotness, and I, I don't blame people for for taking Acuna over over Trout. And Acuna's got that new tech ta- neck tattoo, so like, oh yeah, think and- about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just think about how scared the opposing pitchers will be when they see that it's thing. It's pretty intimidating. So <laughs> you got that. Um, <clears throat> all right. So uh, Justin Upton. Mm-hmm. Is Upton old man injured but old man good? And so, so first answer that question, then I'll ask a follow-up question. Well, yeah, I think he has uh, dad strength. He's yeah. got that that inner innate dad strength, which I think uh, is good for him. I, I'm personally a fan, just based on where he's getting drafted right now. Like he's at 232 overall in M- NFBC um, in terms of ADP. So that's there's just a ton of value there if you're and I very little risk in my opinion, just based on what he had been doing in, in years prior to last year. So right, and so he is he's how old now? I mean, where are we at with him? He's 32. 
Oh my god, he's he's pretty much half in the grave at this point in time, especially <laughs> from a dynasty perspective. So so uh, what are the reasonable outcomes for him over the next three years? Like if you were to say um, an average of this over the next three years, go ahead and prognosticate. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything more than like a two fifty five or something like that. Um, but I don't think Upton was a guy that you ever really turned to for batting average, like. You were really hoping for that nice, like, 30 to 35 home run power and, like, some low teen speed if you could get it, um, which was really valuable um, in years past. I, I think now with home runs so prevalent, uh, maybe that skill set isn't as attractive as it once was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's a guy who just always crushed the ball. He was regularly in the top 10% in hard hit rate prior to last year. I don't think that that's suddenly going to vanish, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm personally a fan just based on where he's going in drafts. Um, I've been pushing this narrative pretty hard across the uh, the Twitterverse uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, what is what is the difference between Justin Upton and Bryce Harper? Oh, that's a that's a pretty good one. I mean, age is the one that stands out. I think, um, but I mean, and probably, yeah. yeah. I, it's it's a it's a similar skill set for sure. Um, yeah, I think Harper. Everyone's still kind of dreaming that we haven't really seen the ceiling with him. He's kind of teased us in like different areas throughout his career. Um, and personally, I, I still wonder if he'll one day be able to like put it all, all together and just have that monster season. But yeah, I mean, at this point, how can you really? How can you really hang your hopes on that, um, considering he hasn't really come through yet? So, so is that is uh, that is that damning with uh, faint praise for Justin Upton, or is that like a <laughs> is that a smash against uh, Bryce Harper? A little of both, I think. Um, yeah, because I, I am a fan of, of Upton, um, and I'm actually I think I'm a little lower on Harper than most, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a fair point. Another guy who 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 kind of reminds me of Upton is like Mitch Haniger, who's um, going even later than Upton right now. I just had a curiosity: who would you rather have? I'd probably have Upton Haniger, mm. um, just from the fact of the age, because they. I feel like they're now Haniger hasn't had the track record that Upton has, right? So I guess it mm-hmm. kind of depends on your window too. If you're competing this year and you're a little worried about Haniger coming back from that god awful like. R.I.P. Like that is just so sad. Uh, his that injury of his. Um, maybe you take Upton, but if I have a window of three plus years that I'm looking at, I might take Haniger as like that solid high floor player, right? Like you just know mm-hmm. what you're going to get out of him, and you're good yeah. with that. And honestly, like it could maybe get. I don't know. I actually should probably refer back to. Um, God, who wrote the. Uh, the park adjusted information outside of um, Max on pitcher list lately, but there was some- uh, uh, Dan? sorry Dan Richards yeah. had the first one, and then I think Alex expanded on it, and then Dan expanded on that. So yeah, they've been uh, they've been juggling that one, and the work is awesome. I mean, um, right. in terms of, if you're interested in like Park Factor, you guys should definitely check that out. And I guess I should probably refer back to that and know what Safeco is, you know, but. <laughs> I'm not even calling it a safe go anymore, but like, and what that would look like if Hanniger's traded because they keep talking about him being an opera, uh, at least somebody that could move. So, so if we mm-hmm. were to kind of throw out some, you know, and I, and I know that you said that you don't play a lot of Dynasty, but if you were to sit here and say, if, if I were to give you some would you rathers on this, right? Mm-hmm. Would you take Justin Upton or Willie Calhoun? Uh, I think I would go Calhoun there. 
um because it you know i'll 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 play the the part of dynasty rube so the idea behind dynasty and you can you can you can fill me in you, you want the younger guy with the more potential right generally speaking generally speaking i mean yeah it depends on where you are right so mm-hmm. so if you were looking for somebody with a higher floor you know if you were in your window mm-hmm. and you're looking for that outfielder three with a high floor I feel like right. Upton would be your dude, but if you're like still kind of in the hunt, trying to figure out where you are with your team, and maybe you're on the up and coming, I'd probably take Calhoun with the ceiling. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think I, I could get behind that for sure. I like Calhoun just in general. Like if we're, if you're playing in like a redraft, I would definitely be going probably Calhoun just for the upside uh, and batting average. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the the Rangers' new ballpark like how that plays um, because previous uh ballpark in arlington was like one of the most favorable hitters parks so um it'll be interesting to see how that kind of impacts a lot of those rangers hitters but um yeah i think i'm with you calhoun for sure over upton well let's play let's play a different way of of like old man outfield and see where Mm -hmm. we are with this um would you take upton or would you take lorenzo kane uh upton for sure i think i'm out on kane i think i'm kind of i'm done with kane you don't say that (laughs) lorenzo have it Lorenzo's still good. He just got Lorenzo. <laughs> Lorenzo, hey. <laughs> he could still be good. He's just, no. he's just a little heart. He's just a little dinged up. Uh, I don't know. I, I There's just something about – I just kind of feel like he's – he he debuted at a later age, I believe. Um, so he's not really a spring chicken either. And yeah, I that's feel like a the lot of – man feel to it, right? Yeah, like – but a, a lot of came – I feel like is tied up in those stolen bases. Like if he does what he does did last year again, which was like 11 homers, 18 steals. I mean, even if you if you move that average up back to where closer to what it was in years prior, like 280 even, I'll give him. I don't think that's super special. Like I don't really think that moves the needle for you at all. And he's a year older than Upton. I don't know. I think I think I'm uh, I'm leaning Upton on that one. Okay. All right. Fine. Good. Fine. I'm glad that we had this conversation. <laughs> Don't be mad. No, I'm not. Don't it's not mad. that I'm mad. I'm just disappointed. So that's where I am with this. Uh, and I'll give you one more, and then you could. And I feel like this is probably going to go in the same direction, but who knows? Um, Upton or AJ Pollock? Oh, Pollock is kind of a, my kryptonite. I tend to love guys who have like the crazy ceilings who just never stay healthy long enough to realize it. But he's like an old man now. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just like the fact that he's in that Dodgers lineup. Why? I like the... Why would you like that of all the things? Like, I feel like he's the one. It's that a lose... nice lineup, right? But he could lose time <laughs> at any point. He's thirty-two. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been healthy in in a decade. Yeah. Like. like, I'm trying to look right now. He hasn't had six hundred plus at bats since 2015. I still feel like. Uh, what do you feel? I'm still, do you feel like I'm he's still, gonna hit that 600 at bat plateau at 32? <laughs> and you never know. With Alex Verdugo and and uh, what's his face? Uh, you know. He, yeah, here's what you know, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Uh, if you're you're rolling the dice on some upside, I think at, at the point in drafts where you're getting like AJ Pollock and Justin Upton, so. If I'm gonna roll the dice, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the house. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for it all. I'm gonna put it all on the table. And and if if I manage to hit 
on AJ Pollock and he gives me 600 at bats the overall line is going to be monstrously better than what I think Justin Upton will give you at least from a fantasy standpoint because you're going to get a lot more steals I think but do you so. feel like he's actually going to hit 600 at bats so so he, roster resource has AJ Pollock as a bench bat they have Jock Peterson Cody Bellinger and Alex Verdugo left center right Mm. Uh, I don't know, honestly. Now, now you got me. Now you got me wondering. I do. I don't know. Well, they're gonna sit Peterson against lefties because they usually do that. They I feel like we'll definitely do that. Bellinger will probably get play at first base occasionally, so they'll be able to get him in the lineup. I don't know about six hundred plate appearances, but I don't know. Like, even if it's five hundred. I don't know if I don't know if Upton gets to to 600 either. So it's kind of like we're talking the same kind of same kind of amount of of, uh, of sample size there. Okay, all right. I don't, I, I think that Upton has an easier path to 600 than Pollock does, but yeah, know, we're talking semantics yeah. now. We're talking about a difference of like maybe 80 plate appearances. Yeah, uh, no. In terms of just raw playing time, for sure, Upton definitely has a clearer path. Yeah. All right. So, so this has been your Justin Upton hour. Thank you for joining me on the farm. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Anthony Rendon uh, mm. hates the spotlight. Moved to L.A. Yeah. What's his said? Deal? Baseball was boring. What's his I'll deal? never forget that he said baseball was boring. Yeah. What's his and problem? He... <laughs> uh, I wish I knew. Um, why, yeah, I how mean, do you it, move to how do you move to Los Angeles and you're like, you know what? I don't really care for the spotlight. Well, I mean, to be fair, Trout is probably the greatest player of our lifetime, and he gets a fraction of the attention that he probably should That's on that he team. Likes to so. Talk about the weather. Like his favorite <laughs> yeah. thing is to talk about cumulus clouds. So like, <laughs> the dude is so boring. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a fair point. Rendon isn't a super interesting dude either. I mean, especially after he shaved the uh, Jerry Curl mullet. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, mean, what do we do about this? What's the deal? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I in terms of ballpark, like purely, um, I don't know if it's a great move for Rendon. Um, Nationals Park was actually a really good hitters park the last few years, and Angel Stadium is kind of like kind of middle of the pack. Um, it's good for home runs to center field. So if Rendon happens to get a lot of home runs going to center field, I think that could potentially make up for the fact that he's moving to a worse ballpark. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of a, it's, it, you know, Anthony Rendon is Anthony Rendon. I don't think anything about him going to LA is going to really impact his value a ton. Um, I'm wondering, do, do you think the, the, Angels lineup is better or worse than the Nationals lineup from last year? Mm, I mean, wow. That is a very good question. If I'm thinking top to bottom, probably worse. Mm. Especially before Joe Adele is called up, probably worse. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to say with the best player ever and your team, (laughs) but like... Yeah. Yeah. From top to bottom, it's probably worse. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's fair. Um, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, if I'm looking at it though, right. If you're, if you're going to talk about Anthony Rendon, the, the contextual factors are such that, yeah, you should have a little bit of an open question, but you're mm-hmm. still going to be, he's going to be sandwiched between Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. 
Right. So that's not bad. It's not like he's going to have Albert Pujols behind him. Yeah. Um, and I, I just I see it as an opportunity for him to continue to produce. It's, it, it is the equivalent of having, what, Juan Soto and who else in between him? Kendrick, maybe. Yeah, so like the people that actually bat around him directly are probably Trey Turner mm-hmm. are probably right. better than what they were in na- the Nationals Park. But like the people driving him in for runs are probably worse off. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, not to say that Starlin Castro or Ryan Zimmerman would be any better, but here we are. Um, <laughs> those are the people we're talking about. Hey, baseball's broken. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I just I don't see it. So, when does he become Albert Pujols two point Um, I don't know. Fifteen years ago, I think it might be a little too late for Albert Pujols two point well, I mean, uh, like, uh, yeah. Unless, unless you mean the point He's in his career, yeah, the where he falls when he starts, off. yeah, starts selling real estate. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I don't know. I mean, pools is kind of interesting, just in the sense that, like, you don't the, know, no, no, <laughs> no, we're not doing that. He, all right. So the one thing that I'll give to Albert Pujols is the fact that the dude is what forty nine years old or something, and. He's still. He's allegedly forty. <laughs> sure, yes. On pa- on paper, he's forty years old, but the dude does not strike out. That he struck out twelve percent of the time last year, which is absurd. For a forty-year-old, that's absurd. The fact that he can still manage to make contact at his age is crazy, and I, you know, it's part of the reason that he was able to drive in like ninety-three runs last year, which. In in twenty team leagues, that has some value, you know. So I got to give that to him. I don't know what you're trying to do right now, but you better <laughs> stop it. <laughs> you better cut it out because I'm not having this. Uh, I'm re- I'm respecting my elders. Yeah, yeah. Can I, so so we'll just jump to we'll just jump to uh, my questions on Albert Pujols. Mm. All right. Um, when does Albert Pujols retire with an Angels hat on? And on a scale of one to burning effigies, how visceral is the reaction from Cardinals fans when this happens? <laughs> I don't. I don't think he has the volume uh, as an angel for that to happen. He did most of his damage as a Cardinal, so I think all, all the the uh, Cardinals fans can save some money on lighter fluid. Um, I think I they'll mean, be okay. Twenty eighteen was a banner year for Bujols. Uh, 19 home runs, 50 mm-hmm. runs, 64 RBIs, 245, yeah. 289, 411. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Amazing. He has not been a um, positive WRC plus player in three years. Mm-hmm. So I but get he... while the fantasy perspective is such that maybe he's fine and playable at some mm-hmm. point. I don't know, man. Like, Yeah. I mean, I can't believe you're you're putting me in a position where I'm defending a 40 year old no, Albert. You Poole. started this. You started. <laughs> this is on you. This is not me. Fair enough. Fair enough. I yeah. I just think I don't know. With Pujols, like for a 40 year old, he's good. He's fine. Like I can't get on him too much for being 40 years old and like driving in 93 runs at 40 years old. Like that, he deserves a pat on the back at least for that. Uh, for fantasy purposes, like again, if you're in like an insanely deep league, he's still probably going to get a decent amount of at bats. He still makes for a ton how of long contact. Though? 
I don't know. I mean, that's that's like that's the main question. I think like with Pujols, I don't know what their plan is exactly at first base next year. I'm guessing they're going to try to cycle in like Tommy Lastella at first base a couple times, especially against righties. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what their what their plan is he exactly. Has, with them. He has this year and next year on his contract. Mm-hmm. All Two right, more so years. the light the light is there. It's at the end of the tunnel. We're get, we're getting there. <laughs> he is he's literally seeing the light. <laughs> he needs to go towards the light and go away. Yes, go towards the light, Albert. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Um. Um. All right. So so let's talk about two more major leaguers before we jump on to the minor leaguers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Lastella was laughed out of the Chicago Cubs organization. Mm-hmm. Why is he a thing now? And do you expect him to repeat 2019? Um, ooh, I So I made a board bet with uh, Dan McNamara last year about Tommy Lestella. And I think the board bet was like, he's not going to reach 25 home runs or something like that. And he looked like he was going to get there and then he injured himself. Or or maybe I made it happen. Um, you, you know, will, you, 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 you'll you never catch personally me. <laughs> you'll never catch me. Um but yeah, I mean, the, so my argument against the crazy power outbreak that he had, which, which was, was like, so the barrel rate went up, but the barrel rate was still at a level where it was way below what you want to see in a guy who you expect like 25 home runs from. So like a 5% barrel rate and a 30% hard hit rate are so far below league average that it's so hard for me to buy into that power from last year. So I, I absolutely don't think the power is coming back. I think you're probably going to be lucky if he gets to like tw- uh, 20 home runs even. Um, but I think, you know, the the batting average is 100% legit. Um, again, like kind of going back to what we were talking about with pools, like I don't know where he plays exactly. Like I, I, I'm guessing he'll take some at-bats at, at second base and at first base with them cycling in David Fletcher and, and Pujols on occasion. But... I don't know if he's really locked in for full-time playing time at this time. Maybe spring training will change things. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely value here just because he is a legit batting average asset, and I think he's going to score and drive in plenty of runs. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not pegging him for, like, 20-plus homers again. So Tommy LaSalle is a 30-year-old man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably going to play what like second base right because what's an andrelton andrelton simmons is still lurking mm-hmm. in some way um yes. at shortstop with a plus club mm-hmm. so he plays second base mm-hmm. um but not a very good one if he's under 20 home runs mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right so in a in a in a dynasty perspective would you rather have la Stella or odor um, Odor. Really? Yeah. Because Odor, because the right answer was neither. <laughs> I didn't know there was a third option. <laughs> you framed me. Um, no, as you said, Tommy Lestella is a 30-year-old man. So in a dynasty format, I'm, I'm leaning Odor. And even if it wasn't in a dynasty format, I'm still leaning Odor because I kind of like Rootnet Odor. You, um, right, this I might be the only one. This is a very nice night. Have a <laughs> Thank you for joining. That's it, huh? This has been a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Pujols really put me over, didn't it? 
Mm-hmm. Really put me on the precipice. I mean, you. this really that, that was pushing the the line, and now we've crossed it. <laughs> You're rooting to order guy. I want everybody to write this down in ink. Uh, John Metzlar, uh, Metzlar, Metzlar, yes. pretzel truck. Got it. Metzlar. Yeah. Is is a Rugnid Odor guy. Mm-hmm. That's me. I'm the one and only. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think, again, yeah, at the point where you're grabbing Tommy LaStella in a draft or Rugnid Odor this year, I think you're gambling on upside. And I Rugnid Odor could conceivably hit 30 home runs, steal 15 bases, give you like a 240 average potentially and drive in and score plenty of runs. So, See, you're the reason why Rugnid Odor still has a job. Is, you're, you're the problem. You are the problem. Would, hey, you, would you take Would you take Listella or would you take uh, Luis Arias? Um, ooh, that's a tough one. I don't know. Again, I don't really know how playing time shake out, shakes out for Urias. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. Not Urias. Arias. Oh, Arias. Okay, that's an that's uh that's an interesting one too. I think I would probably go. You know what? Let me let me just do this. Let me just yeah. do this. Let me really mess with you. Yeah, please. Luis Urias, Luis Arias, <laughs> or uh, Tommy Lastella, rank them. So dynasty. Um, Arias, Urias, Lastella. I hope that was clear to all the listeners. Minnesota. I like. Um, oh man. That's a tough one because I go to Minnesota Milwaukee Angels. Yeah. Okay. I think I'd I think I'd go there because Arias I think is what he is and, and that's just again a pure batting average asset not going to really do anything else for you. Listella I think is a batting average asset who could also st- like hit mid teams home runs which I think is gives him the edge over Arias and then Urias is a complete question mark. Um, I have no idea what you're going to get from him, but you could get a potential star if he manages to replicate what he did in the minors last year at anywhere in the major leagues. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take the gamble on upside with your Urias. Okay, true or false? Um, Ryan McMahon is worse than all three of them. Um, <laughs> he is... That is false i mean you're wrong but go ahead and tell me why you're you're not wrong the so the question was mcmahon is worse than all of them yes um okay sorry can i change my answer no i'm sorry you, have to live, you live with your decisions you, all right this is your consequence now <laughs> no, no, no. go ahead go ahead go ahead are, are you uh all three of them are better than ryan mcmahon no i, I don't like Ryan mcmahon at all yeah, neither do I. nobody does. Yeah, nobody uh, should. Yeah, I don't. I'm not just not a fan. I don't think he has a clear path to playing, playing time. And even if he did, I just wouldn't be all that interested, even with Coors Field. So, so yeah. Uh, no, I'm not a Mick fan. All right. So, so um, Brian Goodwin. Hmm. He was yes. waived by Kansas City, who needed to make playing time for uh, I don't know Ryan O'Hearn or <laughs> yeah uh, I mean of I don't course. know are you kidding me sure so um, he was waived and then he was picked up by Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim mm-hmm. uh, and he became serviceable 
Mm-hmm. Uh, when is he replaced by Joe Adele? Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of, I mean, we'll get to this, I guess, later on, but I'm not really the high guy on Odell for this year, at least. Um, so I think there's a decent chance that Odell is determined, like they determined Odell needs a little more seasoning and they just let, they just ride with Goodwin. Um, the whole or, season? Li- listen, Brian Goodwin. No, uh, you no, know. no, 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 no. <laughs> this, is, this is where you start equivocating, but go ahead. <laughs> Brian Goodwin was not a bad hitter last year. Like a 109 WRC plus, that's an above average offensive asset. Really good line drive rate, uh, little power, little speed. You know, not going to blow you out of the water anywhere really, but just does kind of like everything really well um, or fairly well, uh, you know. I just think he's he's perfectly fine, and he plays a good he plays really he's a good defender, um, so that's going to keep him in the lineup. I think, um, you know, I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to be the starting at, you know right fielder all year for the Angels, but I wouldn't be totally shocked if they're just if Adele scuffles a little bit over the first few months and they just decide, well, he's 20 years old, maybe we'll give him another year. And they just kind of ride it out, especially if the Angels kind of fall out of the, the playoff hunt at some point in the year. So, and you yeah, see I'm, that happening. The Angels falling out of the playoff hunt? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they still need a decent amount of work, in my opinion. They don't have a great You pen. need a decent amount of work. <laughs> Boy, I've really, uh, I've really lost all good favor with you, haven't I, with my Rugnet Odor, Brian Goodwin, Albert Pujols. Pujols. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you've really uh, you pick some interesting hills to die on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, wouldn't have it any other way. All right, so so Brian Goodwin. I, hey, you know what? I said he was serviceable. I'm not arguing that point of it. Jordell's mm-hmm. just so good. But we'll get there. Um, would you take Goodwin or would you take Jason Hayward? Um. Now we're I talking might- about like outfield four. 16 team league dynasty type deals right like that's what it's coming down to yeah um ooh. i think i might go hayward it's a pr- it that one's close for sure yeah. um it's a similar skill set like it's like you'll probably get like close to 20 homers you'll probably get close to 10 steals you'll probably get a 250 to 260 average so it's like pretty much the same and I think Hayward's probably has a better chance of, of staying in the lineup all year just because he's not um, being threatened by Joe Adele. So, uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think I'd probably Are you go trying Hayward. to say that Albert Almora is not going to take at bats from Jason Hayward. No, but the thing about Albert Almora. Oh god, <laughs> this is going to be a problem. This is, this is all bad. <laughs> no, I'm just goofing, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I think I think I'm definitely going Hayward on on that comp for sure. Okay, uh, would you take Goodwin or would you take uh, Kevin PR? Um, I'll take Goodwin. Has PR has Pillar signed anywhere? I don't think so yet, but I would assume that he would, right? Like he's gonna, he's like yeah. a miracle. He'll catch on somewhere. Yeah, I mean, customarily he's a really good defensive player, so at the very least he'll. He'll land somewhere. I just I think the question marks about playing time, just based on where he goes, personality. But we won't get into that. 
<laughs> yeah, give me some insights here. I know nothing about Kevin Pillar's personality. I mean, I mean he, he did you really not know about when he was suspended what he said in Atlanta? No. I mean he he said some he used a uh derogatory phrase for homosexuals. Oh, okay. In that case, he's dead to me. 100 yeah. percent going good we that. disavow disavow yes. kevin disavow. yeah he's he's out <laughs> non-tendered mm. on, for on the farm yes officially yeah. yes all right good um so so i'm glad that we cleared that up mm-hmm. and now well that, now, that was the burning question everyone was wondering about yeah, right brian I mean, goodwin well, versus kevin pillar well we want to know where your line was right because <laughs> you've gone odor yeah about holes like you've, yeah you've taking a lot of risks here so i'm a wild card out. baby i like yeah. to keep guessing but but we've found the line and and we're gonna draw it and we're there mm-hmm. yes um so so we this is our mlb segment unless you are like very like you're itching to talk about somebody else no i will uh, so i'll say one thing jason castro potential for a top 10 catcher this year i'll leave it at that why if the quality of contact is insane like what he did last year, it was overshadowed by Mitch Garver, but the dude crushed the ball last year. It was like the eighth highest hard hit percentage in baseball, sandwiched between Trout and Jordan Alvarez. So like legit, he was crushing the ball. And I think if, you know, it came at the cost of his contact, but if he can do that again this year, I think with full time at bats, he'll get to 25 home runs and be like a poor man's Yasmani Grandal. Yeah, but Max Stasi's on the bench, so you got to think about that. Yeah, I mean that's true. So think about and, just think about it for a minute. Um, thinking about it, okay, it's been thought about, and I don't care. <laughs> that's fair. You can't argue that. You can't argue that logic. No, not at all. All right, so th- so this has been this has been your Jason Castro minute. Mm-hmm. Um, top ten catcher, maybe potentially potentially um over under number of home runs for jason castro this year 15 and a half over over easy easy Easy. where would you put the line uh i would put it at like 22 and a half what yeah i'm buying it man i'm buying it mitch garver's out of the picture and jason it's jason castro's time to shine baby this is, I mean, this is hot off the presses, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Jason Castro's hot on the streets. Go get him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it, ATC is projecting him to have 12 home runs. Seamer's projecting him to have 12 home runs. Jonathan Metzelar is projecting <laughs> 20 plus. Well, all right. So no, 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 no. Do not, well, do not back off of this. I'm not. I'm absolutely not. I'm just telling you why all the projection systems are wrong, and I'm right. Oh, this is going to be even spicier. Go ahead. Because projection systems bake in all of his past achievements, and I'm saying what Jason Castro did last year, he's a new man. He's hitting the ball like he's never hit it before, and because of that, projection systems will never be able to peg what he's about to do. What he's about to do. So he had 13 home runs last year. Yeah. And 275 plate appearances. Yeah. Why did he only have 275 plate appearances? Because Mitch Garver was there and he was crushing. Mitch Garver was there and he was crushing. <laughs> now, now, give him 500 plus. Yeah. You're saying that you're going to give 500 plus to a guy that has not had 500 plus plate appearances since 2014. 
Yes, because again, uh, Max Stassi is on the bench. Okay, all right. Uh, and let me say this: so I can't believe we're talking about Jason wild. Castro this, this much. This is but, wild. <laughs> okay, so so Jason Castro had a forty-six percent hard hit rate last year, a seventeen percent barrel rate, um, and his WOBA was only three twenty-eight. His ex WOBA was three sixty-four. So he hit thirteen home runs last year while drastically underperforming his expected stats in terms of ex-WOBA. So if he continues to hit the ball as hard as he, he does and he and he manages to just meet the level that his expected to, stats think he'll get to, he's going to crush. I'm telling you. All right, you've heard it here first. Yeah, you did hear it because <laughs> no one else is, is talking of Jason Castro. No, nobody else. <laughs> you're not going to hear this anywhere else. I'm literally the only one. This is, this is very unique hot <laughs> Shoot, oh, I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry, Nick. There you go. Sorry, Nick. Now you've done it. <sighs> I need to timestamp this and figure out what time I was at. Where am I? Just okay. mark the point where I was talking about Jason Castro. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then add five minutes, and that's I'm, where it happened. I'm I'm putting in. This is where you swore. <laughs> Look, Jason, I'm putting this in the notes, everybody. Jason Castro, this is where you swore. <laughs> Who knew you would get so worked up over Jason Castro? Yeah, see, you're the one. This is your <laughs> I was doing so well up until this point. <laughs> Mission accomplished. I was triggered. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, we got to talk about some prospects. I don't want to keep you beyond the hour mark that I mm. promised you I would. But there are a lot of names here to talk about. Yes. You hate Joe Adele. I hate Joe Adele. You hate him. Hate him. Why do you hate Joe Adele? Because he's not Albert Pujols. I, um, I see. And, or no. Justin Upton. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't. Um, I don't hate Joe Adele. No, I just you hate him. But go ahead. <laughs> I'm. I'm notoriously kind of the low guy when it comes to prospects, just because. I'm all. I'm usually all about track record, as you'll as you'll notice from my love of Justin Upton, Albert Pujols, etc. So, you know, Joe Adele. He's 20 years old. He's very raw. He had a he had a really good season for his age last year and in 2018. Uh, 2018 slash 290, 355, 543 as a 19-year-old with 20 homers and 15 stolen bases. So the talent is no doubt there. Um, we had Andy Patton on uh, on the barrel, and he talked about the comp for Adele kind of being like peak Matt Kemp, which is very enticing, high praise for sure. I just, at 20 years old, I just am not going to bet the farm on him coming up and dominating. I think more often than not, you're probably better off having a more leveled approach when it comes to younger guys, I mean, in recent years, that hasn't been the case. Like you look at Acuna, obviously another guy I was the low man on, but I just think he's, he's still kind of raw. He's still very young. The angels are probably not going to be very good this year. So I don't know if they have a huge motivation to call him up and make him a fantasy viable player this season. So that for the, for those reasons, I'm not going to be the guy reaching for Adele in drafts this year. Um, I think in dynasty leagues, absolutely jump on the guy because he's he's got the pedigree and everything. But for what this he, year, what is he for you in a dynasty league? Um, 
what is he for me? Yeah, like like a top X. Fill in the X. Um, uh, probably a top. In terms of prospects, I would say top. Probably top three. Mm-hmm. And a top uh, like overall. Overall player. Ooh, that's tough for me because again, I don't, I haven't played in a ton of dynasty leagues. I played in deep uh, keeper leagues, but um, I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. Maybe like one in like the one fifty range. Yeah, I think it's higher. Yeah, it probably is. <clears throat> again, I'll defer to you on that on that one. Yeah, I think it's I think it's higher. It's probably in, for me. He's probably in the top seventy five just mm-hmm. off the bat. And then if you're going to really start thinking about it and and if I were to start getting into like my top 500, mm-hmm. I'd probably put him in well within the top 100. Mm-hmm. I mean, his on-base percentage is off the charts good, um, especially for age to like comparison to where he is in double A. Mm-hmm. Um, his bat is there. Like he, he could come up this year. He, they could start him at the beginning of the year rather than doing, um, you know, time manipulation and he'd be just fine. Um, really? Not, oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Like he is somebody who there's not much left for him to do, right? Like he could be the next Juan Soto, Jordan Alvarez. He'll be better than Aloy. He'll be better than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He is just the kind of guy that has the bat. And the question really is for me is, and and for those in those super weird leagues where they have left field, center field, right field is where does he end up to begin with? Mm-hmm. Um, because Trout still has a very good glove, mm-hmm. and I don't know where people will want to put him. Um, but that said, like I think that he ends up in center field for the long term. Um, he's an elite athlete. He's got double plus power, and the K percentage needs to be cut. Like my thing, my thing is, is that he will probably end up in AAA to start the year. Mm-hmm. But if he cuts that thirty-two point five or whatever it was K rate that he had in AAA um, over that small sample size in the first month, month and a half, there's no reason to believe that he won't be called up before July. So you're not at all concerned by the fact that his production kind of fell off once he got to AAA last year. I think it's an adjustment period, right? He's still mm-hmm. 19, 20 years old. He's going to be 21 coming up this year. Mm-hmm. And his production fell off simply be I mean, if you think about it, right? So so I was in the pitcher list um, channel a while ago, and everybody's really like hand-wringing over Luis Robert's um, K-rate. Mm-hmm. And my response to that is when you go through three levels, you don't get the opportunity to see a pitcher more than one time, right? Mm-hmm. So Luis, Luis Robert saw, I don't know, I forget what it was, however many hundreds of pitchers, which was above the league average for both the MLB and the AAA. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you see a if you see pitchers more than one time, if you're able to get that advanced scouting report and you're able to see them, and you kind of get used to their approach, your and their approach to you, you're going to be able to hit a little bit better than you normally would. So, I'm not super worried about it. If he can cut the K percentage by a couple points, if he gets below thirty percent, I see him up by you know six weeks in, and he's going to knock it out, and he's going to be right. 
if I could play devil's advocate for a second, so you may not wouldn't wouldn't I'll do it anyway. Wouldn't uh, that benefit Adele though? On the flip side, like so, so he doesn't have the scouting reports available to him against opposing pitching. But if he's flying through different levels and, and joining different teams, isn't it? Wouldn't it be to his benefit that that opposing pitchers also don't have scouting reports on him? Maybe that's true to a point but like the advanced pitching is going to be there where he hadn't seen it before and so like if he were to go through he played 27 games at triple a you put him at you you double that sample size and i guarantee that k percentage goes down like i i I would put dollars to donuts to say that he will have below a 32.6 k percentage to start the first 27 games of triple a next year mm-hmm yeah, I mean, but wouldn't it have to get substantially lower than 32% for for you to be confident that he's kind of mastered that level? Like, no. I think that, no, I, no, I don't. Particularly, I think that he, if he got down to like, what are you seeing substantially? Like, what's substantial to you? Like, I would say between five and like, if he gets to like 25%, I think you can probably live with that. But if he's floating let's say a 30% strikeout rate and he's doing that while still kind of scuffling everywhere else. Like he did a triple a last year. Like he had a, you know, 355 slug 300 Woba, you know, if he's, if he's doing, I don't, I don't know. I, I think the thing that gives me pause with him is just that of course there's going to be an adjustment period. And of course he's going to have to make that adjustment as such a young guy in an advanced level. I just, I would, worry that it would take him it might take him a little longer for that to happen than you know two or three or four months even in the minors so um, in in um in 2018 he was called up to double a right he mm-hmm. had 71 plate appearances there he had a 31 mm-hmm. percent k rate mm-hmm. 2019 he started off at high a again for 27 plate appearances he had a 37 percent k rate but they promoted him anyway to double A. He had 102, 182 plate appearances there and had a 22.5% K rate. Mm-hmm. So he cut his K percentage by nine and a half, 8.5% when he started again at double A. So he right. just needed that that minute to like figure himself out and he was able to improve. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, in that high A perspective, like he was 37% in 2019. He was 24% in 2018. Mm-hmm. Like he just needs a minute to, to settle in. And I, I, like I said, I would, I would guarantee him cutting it down to a very palatable rate at the very beginning of the year and him not like kicking down the door at that point in time. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not super worried about it. And I think so, that if they want to, they would have reason to call him up at the beginning of the year. Oh wow, that's interesting. So so you think but really reasonably you think he probably gets the call around the all star break? Yeah, I think that maybe six weeks in. Hmm. Like whatever it is for the super two. Okay. Um I I mean they could they could go ahead and do the Chris Bryan thing where they wait a few weeks and then do it then, but um, I would say reasonably, probably sometime in May or June. That's when it gets called up. Fair enough. Would they really do that though and block Brian Goodwin? No, no. Especially <laughs> after what you just told me. I mean, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we have three other outfielders that we should talk about at some point in time: Brandon mm-hmm. Marsh, Jordan Adams, and Deshaun Knowles. 
I have my guy, you have mm-hmm. one of yours, and then I feel like we're going to meet in the middle on one of them. Do you want to go off on Brandon Marsh for a minute? Yeah, I mean, um, so the Angel system is not really notorious for being super great. Uh, Adele's probably like the 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 diamond there. Um, Marsh is kind of, I think, in terms of his age and like development, he's probably closer to being bigly ready. Like he's another guy who probably could start as the team's right fielder if he has like a really impressive spring training. Um, And he has like a he's kind of like he described himself as a slap hitter. So he has like a a nice all fields approach, very ground ball heavy speed seems to be like his, his standout tool and like good walk rates, good batting average. So he's kind of a guy who does like a lot of things fairly well. Um, For some reason, the, the comp that came to my head was like Denard span just to date myself a little bit, like a good average, mm. low teens power, Drink maybe it in. yeah, 15 to 20 steals, like nothing that's going to win your league or anything, but he's fine. And I think he could hold down the fort um, if he ever did come, come up, but I don't, I don't see him being super toolsy. Um, yeah. I think, you know, he's a, he's a solid player, but um, nothing that's really going to blow, blow the doors off or anything. Cole Calhoun with a handful more steals. Yeah, probably a better average too, um, and probably less, way less power because Calhoun could could had a little bit of pop, but um, yeah, but like fifteen home runs, maybe you know for Marsh. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and I mean Calhoun never really hit above twenty, except he one time in twenty fifteen, and then won it last year. Right. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I think there's probably more speed in Marsh's game. Um, probably better approach at the plate that'll probably give him a higher average yeah but um yeah you know nothing i mean if if you mean like cole calhoun in the sense that it's not super uh super impressive then yeah for sure so like where where are you putting him in your thought process does he come up this year um yeah i mean like i said i wouldn't be totally shocked if if he has a really good spring training, if he is the guy that they end up going to um, over Goodwin and Goodwin just becomes like a fourth outfield type, um, because I think he's he's pretty much there um, in terms of his development, like 286, 367, 407 last year in 433 plate appearances with seven home runs, 19 steals. He's 22. So he's like, I think he's ready. Um, and I wouldn't that be shocked. 383 OBP is something else. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't see him being the guy that's called up over Adele, though. You know, I just, I don't know. Do they put Otani at first base or Upton at first base and then let the young guys play in the corners? Uh, Um, I mean, yeah, I I think they could definitely put Upton there just because he's not exactly the most mobile dude. And he's had foot issues last year um, with turf toe, so I could see that. I could see that working for sure. Um, mm. Otani, I think they're going to handle with kid gloves, so I don't. I don't think he'll move there. But yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. All right. So, um, and then you wanted to talk about uh, Jordan Adams, so I'm going to like let you go ahead and do that, and then I'm going to go ahead and get really sexy over Deshaun Knowles. Yeah. Um, so Jordan Adams, 20 years old, uh, has pegged for 80 grade speed, which is uh, obviously not something you see all that often. Although it hasn't really hasn't really shown up yet. He had just 12 steals last year, 468 plate appearances. Just 20 years old, but um, 
yeah, for a guy who's picked for 80 grade speed, usually you'd like to see that show up a, uh, a little bit sooner, especially in the minor leagues where where stealing bases is usually a bit easier. Um, pulls lots of ground balls, which as a righty probably isn't a, a huge problem. And with his speed, he'll probably be able to beat out plenty of infield hits. But I don't know. I'm getting definite Billy Hamilton vibes from this guy, like uh, maybe a Billy Hal- Hamilton who knows how to draw a walk, which uh, – could be useful because he's going to get on base more than your, your average uh, speedster. But I just think with guys like this who have that one standout tool, that speed, it just never really turns into anything that's that's all that long lasting. So, yeah, I'm kind of out on, on Jordan Adams. You're out on him. I'm out. Out. That's right. You I'm have you rather have pool holes. Pro pool holes, <laughs> anti anti Adams. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Noted. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to get a little little feisty over uh, Deshaun Knowles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do it. He is... Mm, mm, I'm in on that. Um, <laughs> he has played rookie ball the last couple of years, yes, uh, but he is only 19 years old. Um, he has posted um, some interesting OBP rates. Uh, he sloughed off a little bit last year, but I think that he continues to... Um, be very 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 interesting he's going to be a slow burn guy for you you got to slow down just take it easy he won't be up until 2023 but he has a plus hit tool uh he has a quick twitch um he definitely has a feel for uh adjustment and i'm going to go ahead and assume that he'll be in low a with the opportunity to be in high a this next year um the only person that's really blocking him at this point is um Obviously, Joe Adele uh, from future from being the future center fielder of the Angels. So I don't see him ending up being on the Angels. I see him being a trade chip for the Angels when they went to acquire pitching, uh, when inevitably Andrew Heaney or some amalgamation of like I don't know whatever that goes to Matt Shoemaker is uh, gets hurt. <laughs> so I, I just I have a feeling like he is your ultra toolsy, ultra raw athletic person that can absolutely rip the ball and be uh, a plus speed person for you so go ahead and get him in your mid to deep dynasty leagues and hold on to him for a while if you are in a short dynasty league and you're interested in grabbing him early uh, now's the time because I feel like next year he'll probably shoot up the the rankings Um, his variance is still super high uh, just because he is 19 and just because he's only been in rookie ball. But there is no reason to believe that he cannot continue to uh, rise through the system given his production over the last couple of years. So give me Deshaun Knowles, and I'm happy with that. And- yeah, so one one question. I, how, do you, how do you come up with, with that evaluation? Like, do you watch video of these guys? Do you read scouting reports? Yeah, like- I read a ton of scouting reports. And then for those that uh, – so – a couple of things. One, I read a ton of scouting reports. Two, I um, I have a press pass for AAA for the Durham Bulls. Um, so I've gone to see a ton of games this year. Obviously, Deshaun Knowles is not one of those people that I've seen. But I've watched a lot of baseball at this point in time to kind of get a feel for who may be interesting and who might not be um, from a AAA perspective. Uh, but the West Coast, I rely a lot on video and a lot on scouting reports. Mm. Um, 
And if you're really interested in knowing, I have no faith in any J2 reporting at all. Just judging by what the industry does and like the way that they talk about it, there are very few eyes on these people. And it's a lot of like, well, I saw him at a complex for the Astros a couple of years ago and he seemed to have a really good feel for how to hit. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is, I mean, there's a thing called the Internet. um, And if you want to write this down, it's it's uh, www.youtube.com. And you just type in the player that you're interested in. Hold on, let me let me get a pen. Okay. Okay. YouTube. Now it's not the letter U. It's Y O U. Oh, okay. YouTube.com, and then you go ahead and you type in the player that you're interested in, and inevitably somebody has some sort of raw footage on them, whether it's from college or whether it's from like an instructional league of some sort. Hmm. So uh, I've watched a little bit of. I've I've eaten enough film on Deshaun Knowles to know that I like him enough. Um, more so than I like a Brandon Marsh or a Jordan Adams, but that's just me. Yeah. I'm yeah. right there with you. And, and thank you for, for giving me that insight. It's, uh, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I've never, again, I've never played in a dynasty league, but I'm very interested in the, the way that the, the game is played and, and how, how differently you kind of evaluate guys and, and the whole process of kind of doing that research. So, yeah. So like Nick Solak was a guy that I, I interviewed and talked to quite a bit. Mm-hmm. He was with the Bulls, and when he talked about his uh, plane swing approach, his swing plane approach, um, mm-hmm. and how he adjusted it, kind of mid season from May to June, and he kind of unlocked some power from there. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty interesting." And then the Rangers traded for him um, shortly thereafter, and I was like, "Oh, this is a guy to kind of keep an eye on." And sure enough, yeah. he is. He's he's yeah kind of a guy that people are are looking at now, and it's really interesting to kind of see that evolution and and when it took place and him talking about it and now where people value him. It's it's cool. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, speaking of of fascinating, the opposite of that, Patrick Sandoval. <laughs> oh no, you don't like Patrick Sandoval? I mean, oh, we have a very big differential on what we find to be interesting. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, clearly. Um, yeah, I mean, so Patrick Sandoval, as far as as pitching prospects goes for the Angels, I feel like this is kind of the best as it's going to get. Um, and in that sense, I think there are, there's a lot about Sandoval that's that's really enticing. Like his his secondary offerings are actually pretty legit. Like his changeup last year, borderline money pitch, thirty seven percent chase rate. 39% zone rate, 25% swing strike. That's filthy. He's got a slider with a 38% chase, 43% zone, 17% swing strike. Another filthy uh, secondary offering. He's a, a lefty who can pump it up to like 96 miles per hour, which is really impressive. Um, really good at generating grounders and limiting home runs in the minors, which I think if he manages to bring transition that to the majors could make him really good um i just think that he's a guy who probably struggles mostly with like his command um which i think is is probably the big reason why that fastball is getting completely demolished uh so far i think it had a sort of a 394 woba against it last year which is not good um but again wait, wait, I mean, wait hang on hang on 394 woba not yeah. good Yep. Okay, got it. Uh, <laughs> see, we're both learning. Um, yeah, I just think, you know, two really good secondary offerings and a, and a fastball that has the velocity but just kind of 
needs to be placed a little better and like a history of uh, limiting home runs and generating grounders, I think that all kind of adds up to a guy who could potentially be a really good value. Um, I think he might get a chance in the rotation this year because it's kind of up in the air how they're going to handle things, but I kind of get the sense that they're going to go with like a modified six man with Otani pitching. You know, they said he's going to pitch once a week, so they might work Sandoval in in that extra slot. Um, They might work him in with like, newly signed Matt Andrees. So I think he's going to get some opportunities this year. I think if he takes a step forward with that fastball, he has the the secondary offerings to really kind of become something this year uh, for the Angels. And I mean, y- you know, uh, Andrew Heaney, Dylan Bundy, Griffin Canning, they're not like the pictures of health. So I think he's just one break away from from potentially being something so i think there are things to like about sandoval for sure not only that but there aren't really like if you're looking in the in the cupboard for some arms that could potentially help mm-hmm. um there's it's it's pretty bare mm-hmm. so yeah sandoval is pretty much your first and only line of defense yeah yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, it's a it's a it's a gamble. I think um, in really deep leagues, maybe worth a flyer, just depending on how things shake out in in spring training and what they decide to do with their rotation. But um, there's definitely upside there for sure. Yeah. Um, and then the last name that I'll talk about is Jemai Jones. Um, mm-hmm. It was a 2019 was a tough year for all of us. Um, but I feel like in particular for, for Mr. Jones, um, he is having a hard time at the plate. Um, it hasn't really progressed the way that people wanted it to. Um, and if you're looking for him to turn it around, he's only 22, so you can give him a little bit more time, but this is pretty much a put up or shut up a year for him. Um, if you are an adept person um, and you want to sell him now, it would be the time um, with with the expectation that maybe it comes to bite you, but the odds of it, um, you know, you're selling 15 cents on the dollar as opposed to pennies on the dollar um, would be, a, it'd be a smart move at this mm. point. Um, you, you, there was a lot of like helium for him last year at playing second base and maybe turning it around, but I just I don't see it happening. At least not yet. So, yeah. I'm what's saying. a what's a comp you would give for jo- Jones in terms of like his ceiling? Uh, Dowell Lugo with more mm. power. <laughs> that's a very that's a very flattering one for sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's being too harsh. Maybe it is, but like. <laughs> If if I'm if really if you're trying to like figure out like what to do with him, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. He's he's maybe like the fifth best Jones or sixth best Jones prospect. Uh, I think he comes up next year if he can put it together, um, mm. and that's a big if. Um, he's probably my fourteenth or fifteenth best second base prospect at this point. Um, and if I'm being honest with you, like second base prospects need to be top six or so for me to really be interested in them because um, eventually what ends up happening with major league second basemen are washed shortstop prospects. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. 
Also, yeah. one follow-up question. What happened to Kevin Maitan? Oh, boy. I don't know. <laughs> like, it was one, it's another J2 prospect. That's what I was telling you about before. It's just like, yeah. it's one of those things where people really don't know what they're getting themselves into until they mm-hmm. actually get stateside. And then they start looking at it and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> You've made a terrible mistake. Do you feel like sometimes in the, the prospect community, like, the hype will kind of snowball and yeah. you'll have people kind of hyping up guys just because they heard someone else hyping them up who yes. heard someone else hyping them up. Yes. Like, interesting. Yes. Um, there yeah, I mean, are that's probably kinda... three or four publications that I start looking at regularly and then those people feed a myriad of others. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. And I'm not going to go ahead and, and do that. I'm not going to say who I feel Name, names. No. Name no. names. no, 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 no. Everybody's great and I love everybody. <laughs> um, so go ahead. So uh, any closing thoughts? Um, no, I think it's it's kind of a, just a natural byproduct of these uh, team profiles that you kind of start to fall in love with the the teams uh, as you start to dig deep on all these guys and kind of you kind of go like oh if you squint a little bit this could be an all right offense um which was kind of where i was with the angels i think there's a lot of uh potential there um especially when it comes to like jason castro obviously but um beyond that you know there, there's potential there like if if andrelton simmons bounces back I think he's a he's a uh, could be a really useful player for them. I think Lastella having a decent year and staying on the field opt in. You know, I think they could be be the Angels could be a better offense um, than than what they were last year, uh, especially now that they have Randone. But um, yeah, I think for the most part, I'm kind of like I'm a little I'm pretty lukewarm on the team as a whole. Uh, if I think if I look at it realistically, so. All right, my man. Well, where can people find you? Yeah, so I uh, I'm, I host uh, the other um, pitch the other one of the other pitcherless podcasts, which is on the barrel, which uh, comes out sporadically throughout the year. Uh, talks all about hitting, and uh, I'm on Twitter at John J O N underscore E underscore Baseball. Uh, I made sure to have the handle that was very easy to recite uh, and look up. Johnny <laughs> so, Baseball, what? Yes, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah that's where you can find me um it's honestly this uh thank you for having me on this has been an absolute pleasure yeah man. um and your listeners already know this but you're an excellent host i have to say as a as a fellow host it's not easy and you make it sound easy so you guys have a real gem here well thanks man i really appreciate that that's flattering and you're yeah. gonna blush all the people can see that. Um, and, and we're going to have you back on real soon for the for the Texas Rangers, which will be slightly less interesting. Yes. I mean, there'll be 15 minutes dedicated to Rugnet Odor. Oh, God. Just just brace yourselves. Anyway, this has been, <laughs> this has been fun, I guess. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Peace out. All right. Bye.